0: So uh, the kids are released, preschoolers back here, nursery and elementary school back there. Um, we're going to have some stories here. And uh, so with the, with the panelists come up, and, and Ian and Laurel, I'm going to have you guys come up and introduce you guys. Um, so um, we're, So we, we're doing a series uh, for those of you who are. Here for the first time, including you guys, we're doing a four-week series on generosity. And last week we talked about God's generosity and how everything we have is a generous gift from God. And uh, this week we decided just to have some stories about generosity. Generosity related to everything, time, talent, treasure, prayer, um, and finances specifically. We, we realized we were not ashamed to talk about money in church, in family. So, um, and I want to introduce a couple of friends of mine. Ian and Laurel Hardgrove, and uh, they're actually part of, uh, part of God's story of generosity for me. Um, and I, I look back over all these years, and I thought, all of the big things, I have multiple stories. Uh, if you talk about vehicles, if you talk about housing, if you talk about uh, travel, if you talk about taxes, if you talk about any of those, I can tell you multiple stories of ways God has blessed me. And also ways I've been able to, in all kinds of different ways. So one, of, one little story about generosity is when we moved back here from East Africa. So we spent 21 years in East Africa. We were here before as youth pastor when Rich came to, to speak, welcomed him for the youth retreat. And uh, then we were, we were just going to Africa and then came back in 2016 and we needed a place to stay. And uh, so Jan and I looked uh, on a somewhat limited budget uh, to see where we could stay in St. Paul and we saw this place online on Zillow, and, we, and it was more expensive. So Jan says the most amazing part of that story was that I, uh, I was willing to go for something that was a little more expensive and say, well, let's just see. Um, so so we, uh, I, I called up, turned out to be Laurel, and uh, she said, oh, we got two places we could, we could rent to you. Let's, let's get together. So I, we got together, and uh, one of the first things she said, I said, oh, well, I'm going to be interim pastor just a year, then I'm going back to Africa. Um, at a, a church near here, she said, what, what church? Do you know my friend Jim Olson? I said, I, I do know your friend Jim Olson. I've known him like 35 years. Um, he's the former pastor of this church. Uh, so uh, that's how we got acquainted. And then they were very generous. So let's use their cabin and gave some money to Africa and did other things. And then, uh, yeah, so we had dinner at each other's houses. And Raphael went to their house for. for anyway, so then um, back last fall, like more than a year ago, we were facing about. $500,000 of repairs we need to do on this building and stuff we need to do in Africa. And they had said, you know, we'll help you out uh, if you need, need some help. And I thought, you know, they know something about this. Ian was uh, uh, senior vice president at 3M. Laura's done a lot of stuff with philanthropy. So I said, can I give you a free lunch and you unload your, uh, your uh, wisdom on me? So we, we had a long lunch with Jan. And, uh, and they said, well, we'll pray about it. And they went home and said, let's do this. I said, okay, what does that mean? They said, well, we'll help you out. And we'll we'll coach you and help you figure out how to do stuff with this. I said, okay, well, let's pray about it. And they were a little offended, I think, that I still had to pray about it. But um, I prayed about it. We prayed with the elders. We just did some discussion. Then we said, yeah, let's do this. So since then, Ian has joined our board as the uh, the Training East African ministers Board. And Laurel and I uh, have a Zoom call every week, uh, along with the chair of the team board. And also, we're now, we're doing some stuff for Bethel. And she coached us in the It's Time uh, campaign that we've uh, been doing. And so uh, she's continuing to coach us. And as we talked about this generosity series, she said, you know, let's tell some stories. So uh, that's what we're doing. This is her idea. Um, (laughs) But I want to introduce Ian and Laurel and the good friends of ours uh, from recent years. Uh, So you might guess from the accent that they belong here, part of the All Nations family. So you guys introduce yourselves. Yeah, hi, my name is Ian, Ian Hardgrove. Uh, Originally from Australia, I moved to the Twin Cities with 3M,
1: uh, I guess about 27 years ago now. So, uh, and uh, in my 3M travels, uh, I met Laurel in uh, Canada. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So we're a bit of a commonwealth uh, marriage. The Canadian marries the Australian. And between us, we have five kids, two in Australia two in Canada, and then one who just graduated from Baylor down in Texas. So we're really, really grateful to be here. Um, Yeah, do do you want me to just launch into some remarks? Is that good? Okay, well, thanks for coming up, sweetie. (laughs) It's so fun to be here at uh, Bethel Christian Fellowship. I realize I don't need the mic because i got the ear set, right? So, okay, perfect. I'm going to hand that over to you guys. On. On. Okay, sorry. I'm the newbie here with Is that through out? yet? There we go. Sorry about that. It's really an honor to be here at Bethel Christian Fellowship this morning. Um, I, um, I really appreciate the local church, particularly coming off the pandemic. I appreciate what a beacon of hope that Bethel Christian Fellowship is here in St. Paul. Um, just recently, I was reading in Genesis 28 about Jacob and Bethel, literally meaning the place of God's manifest presence, you know, and Jacob waking up from his sleep and saying, truly, God is in this place, and I don't know about you guys, I feel that this morning, and thank you, Teen Challenge Choir, you certainly helped bring God's presence into this home, and, uh, and also the story that so many years later, Jacob comes back. By this point, he has a large family. And he brings his, his family, his kids, and they stop at Bethel. And it's a place of blessing and promise. And um, I just want you guys to know, as a church, you have a very inspiring reputation. I spent four years with Transform Minnesota and Arrive Ministries. And as a church, I know this is a beloved church here in our community. Um, You are known as a house of prayer. You are known as a church that welcomes so many people from so many countries, even Australians and Canadians. (laughs) So uh, really, really grateful uh, to be here. You can hear that Ian and I very much appreciate Steve and Jan and our friendship with them. We also appreciate Steve's big faith, and even naming this year the year of God's overflow, the year for God's overflow, and that is big faith. We're in for some fun this morning. Um, We're gonna hear some generosity stories in a few moments from our panel, but I thought I don't dare ask others to share their generosity story if I haven't shared mine. So I'll just share some highlights. And I wanna say that I have been inspired uh, in generosity by people around me. In fact, uh, the gift of giving, quite frankly, comes a lot more naturally to my husband Ian than it does to me. It flows out of him. He sees a need, that's his calling. He wants to go meet it. In my case, I'll be honest, generosity started a little bit more as an act of obedience. Uh, I'm kind of a responsible type person as is Ian, and so I thought, oh, this is what God's asked me to do. I need to walk in obedience. But I do think, that I have seen so much joy come out of it, particularly in the last five or 10 years, we've had even a lot more fun in our giving. And it seems sometimes that God just wants us to start in that area of obedience, whether it's tithing, whether it is listening to that still small voice of the Holy Spirit in our lives, nudging us towards whatever he is nudging us towards. And then once we get into obedience, then the joy comes. And we've had a lot more fun. I really believe that God is looking for worshipers and he is looking for good stewards. And that is an area that we feel called in. Um, One of my earliest memories of generosity was back when I was a student at Moody Bible Institute. I was a 17 year old Canadian who literally two weeks before my university scholarship started in Canada, I put it on hold and went to Chicago and studied uh, theology at uh, Moody. And the summer of my freshman year, I was on a missions trip to Poland. And, or actually Eastern Europe, but Poland was one of our first stops. And you got to understand, martial law in Poland in the early 80s was a tough time. And so we came in with these very seasoned uh, missionaries, Ray Bajero and his wife, and we were meeting with people in Poland who were in martial law. And martial law was a huge upset to the country of Poland. It shelved for years their ability to move forward with democracy uh food was being rationed there were curfews so here's a whole bunch of teenagers from the us and canada wheeling into martial law poland the church welcomed us i'm gonna tear up the church welcomed us with so much hospitality Um, We came, our lives had been full, they're on food rations and curfew. They brought us strawberries and Coca-Cola, things that were just treats for them, and they gave it so generously. I don't know if any of you have been in those situations where it has been so profound that someone who has so little gives you so much and you're humbled, you're just blown away and humbled by it. So that's one of my earliest memories of um, generosity. On a way lighter note that does not make me cry as much is the offering the next day of smoked eel, because I don't even like fish to begin with, but then they served us smoked eel and we were trying to be good guests so we, could, we consumed the smoked eel. Trust me, the strawberries and Coca-Cola were a lot better. Anyhow, let's, before we get into our panel stories, why don't we share a couple scriptures that inspire me. If you don't mind those on the PowerPoint, if we could just pull up Proverbs 11:24. 24. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. I don't know about you, I want my world to be large. I wanna live the abundant life that Jesus has for us. I mean, this is a church that thinks about living large and going out into all different countries of the world. So the next scripture is 2 Corinthians 8, one through seven. I know this is a really busy slide. I'm sorry I put too much on this, but I'll read it to you. The Apostle Paul's call to generous giving. He says, Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in His kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles, and they are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy, which is overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more and they did it of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than we had hoped, for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. So we've urged Titus, who encouraged your giving in the first place, to return to you and encourage you to finish this ministry of giving. Since you excel in so many ways in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love from us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. And then uh, finally, I'll share one other slide and that's from Rick Warren. There's a few of us that are all emailing each other Rick Warren every morning. And uh, this is what he has to say about generosity. He quoted 2 Corinthians 9.11, you'll be enriched on every way so you can be generous on every occasion. What does it look like to be generous on every occasion? It means being generous with time, praise, sympathy, forgiveness, love, compliments, and kindness. It means being generous with our listening so that we can seek to understand others. It means being generous with our attention so that we can be aware of the needs of people. But God isn't interested in how much you give in life. He cares about why you give and how you give. He cares about your motivation, your heart. And that's the difference between normal generosity and radical generosity. So we've got this fantastic panel here this morning. We have Matthew and Emily Cox, we have Steve and Jan Rasmussen, and we have Dr. Sylvia. So they have uh, each been asked a couple questions to share because we just wanted to hear their stories of generosity. When I first described this, because Steve said, you need to come and preach on generosity. I said, no, I need to come and highlight other people's stories of generosity. That will be the message. So Matthew and Emily, do you mind if we start with you guys? Yeah, we'd love to hear your generosity story. Me? Okay. <laughs> um,
3: so I guess the first question, right, is what yeah. is your generosity story? Um, which for me, I very much interpret as my, like, personal journey in um, learning how to be a good steward of financial resources. Um, So my earliest memory of my personal generosity with the church and with the Lord um, is little Emily in Sunday school. When they're doing the object lesson of handing you 10 fake dollars, and you are like taught to give one of them back to the Sunday school teacher. I was the the kid who decided to give nine back to the Sunday school teacher (laughs) and keep $1 for myself, Um, which once they realized I wasn't lacking in my like math skills, um, (laughs) like made my Sunday school teachers really excited about me. Um, probably earned me some gold stars in Sunday school. They probably went and told my parents after church, and then they beamed with pride. Um, <laughs> but in reality, that stems from two very unhealthy ways of thinking about my financial resources. Um, the first being that I like to be perceived as a good person, um, which you can do a whole sermon on that. Uh, and then a, just a severe gap in my understanding of how to steward resources well i knew that it was bad for me to want to hold on to money to like cling to it and spend it on myself Um, so i figured if i lived on as little as possible and then just randomly threw the rest of it away from me i was um doing all right Uh, the way that kind of like translates into my life in early adulthood um, i you know leave college uh, saddled with student loan debt um, paying the essential cost of life, and have, have a bit of a salary. Um, I essentially, you know, continued to spend as little money on myself. I bought very cheap food, bought very cheap clothes, only camped on vacation, um, got most of my furniture from the side of the road, relied on the generosity of other people. And then as I felt compelled, um, you know, just kind of tossed the rest of, no, not necessarily the rest of, but just tossed chunks of money, other places. Um, and I was always a little anxious about money. Not because I felt like I wouldn't have enough of it, but because I was always wondering if I was doing it right. Mm. Um, so the like, major turning point for me um, was actually meeting Matthew. Mm. Um, God yes. gave me a... Like very suitable partner for um, stewarding resources, one that complemented my strengths. Um, I think I have a strength very similar to yours, where I um, see a need and want to just impulsively give towards it. Matthew supports that um, really effectively. We also have a very shared understanding that our resources are not um, ours. So um, yeah, he complemented my strengths. He called me out on the ways I wasn't healthy. Um, like gently let me know that I wasn't doing anyone any favors by wasting my money on cheap, poorly made crap. And, um, <laughs> and uh, let me see where I'm at. Oh yeah, and eating terrible food. I'm not doing anyone any favors by eating <laughs> terrible food. Um, <laughs> he also helped provide a structure and, and an understanding for me that led to a lot of freedom and um, joy Mm-hmm. in stewarding our financial resources. First, um, seeing all of our like regular expenses as a, a way to invest in how God is reconciling all of creation to himself. Um, mm-hmm. So having a justice orientation in all of our spending and how we spend for housing, how we spend for food, how we spend for daycare. Um, and in many cases, that means spending more than the bare minimum on, on the things that you need for yourself. Um, also, being able to be more creative and thoughtful about what is, like, what sacrifices we made when, th- when things get tight financially. Um, second, using our financial resources in order to bless those um, God has placed in our lives in a way that's authentic to us, um, which involves some some money, <laughs> um, it involves buying, buying those luxurious foods, right? Um, and, and being able to give in, in ways that are authentic to who we are and how we connect with people. Um, he also provided the knowledge that led to our ability to establish regular financial giving. That's in alignment of how God is calling us to engage in our church and in our greater community as a baseline. Um, alongside of like having the freedom to then give beyond that, um, and I found that like with that knowledge that he helped me develop, um, I'm able to give so much more, <laughs> and it's really um, it's really fun. And I'm actually I'm really glad Teen Challenge that you're you're here today because for many of our like local organizations like this, it like the one-time gifts are are fun and feel really good, right? But um, that regular, sustained, systematic giving um, really gives them security. (laughs) Um, Like God gives them security, right? But I think God provides a lot of that security through the knowledge of those sustained, the sustained gifts. Um, So yeah, that's kind of like a little bit of my journey. How I'm continuing to grow, I have zero anxiety about money now so that's really fun. Not because I think I have it all figured out, but because I know that there's grace when I don't. Um, and what's really fun is uh, continuing to flex that trust muscle um, in times when our financial situation changes or we're throwing curveballs, um, paying for my graduate program when we, when we first had our son. Um, kids cost money, I guess. Um, <laughs> There was a phase pretty recently when um, we found ourselves without Matthew's salary, um, which I'm a part-time teacher, so that is what it is. Um, and in all of those situations, like logic and trust in self would say, let's cut back on those, those areas where we're giving until we know how much this is gonna cost us. Um, and instead we're able to, in those situations say, mm, nah, we, you know, we'll just keep going and um, see what happens knowing that there's, that there's grace and God's got us and mm. um, it's really,
2: really fun. It's good.
3: So there's that. Thank
2: you. Thank know. you, Emily. Over to Matthew. That's great. Thank you. That's good.
1: So Emily has shared, I think, what we've uh, figured out so far. And I'm going to talk a little bit about sort of work in progress and what God has been uh, teaching me recently. Um, I, one of the, the like double-edged swords of what Emily shared about us having these systems where we're able to give regularly is I feel that uh, in many ways our generosity is dependent on those systems um, and those processes and less dependent on God's leading um, and so I don't feel like I'm good at giving sacrificially as a result um, and I'm slowly learning through God's grace that being dependent on my own plans and structures is less effective than uh, depending on what God has given in the moment. Um, And this is recently illustrated, strangely enough, through our anniversary trip. Um, We decided many years ago to return to the site of our honeymoon uh, every 10 years, and that was this last year. Uh, We decided to return to Iceland. Emily found a hike between two of our favorite places that was going to take a a five-day backpacking trip. And for those of you who are not familiar with backpacking, it's a great metaphor for life. Uh, You have to carefully consider what you are bringing because uh, what you are wearing, what you are uh, going to live in, what you're eating, all has to be carried on your back uh, day to day. Um, And as we're preparing for this trip, the preparations were not going in line with my plans. And I started asking God, like, hey, what do you have here? I thought we needed just a little bit, maybe just replace my shoes, Um, but we just kept needing more and more. Uh, Our water bladders, oh boy, those are 15 years old. We should probably replace those, they're kind of moldy. How much uh, food do you really need for five days? You stop and think about, like, that's a lot of food, especially when you're hiking. Okay, now we have to fit that in our packs. And then, huh, I don't have room for my old uh, sleeping bag and sleeping pad. And God, like, am I, Using our resources wisely in my stewarding because we keep making lots of return trips to REI, this and that and this <laughs> and that. Um, and so, um, yeah. And the real kicker at the end of this was just four days before we were g- going to get on the plane, do one final pack of all this, make sure everything that we got is going to fit in my backpack. We lay it all on the floor, put it in layer by layer, and pack it just nice and tight it's all in there. Emily says, look at the side of your backpack. It is ripped. It's open, two seams, both sides. Um, The thing that is going to carry all of our belongings, I don't have time to do research or get something shipped. What are we going to do? Um, Ended up renting something and I was like, God, why is everything going wrong? What are you trying to teach me through this? Mm -hmm. Um, And it started to dawn on me once we got on the trail. Uh, this was one of the most challenging trips we have ever taken. We're walking along and, hey, where's the trail going? Oh, it's going up there. Um, in fact, it, during this trip, I had like one of the, the, the most terrifying two hours of my life occurred uh, on the day of our anniversary. Um, it's, this is a longer story for another day, um, but just suffice to say, we were miles away from anyone else. The sun was going down. We had taken a shortcut. Um, and the words of our vows were ringing through my ears. And I thought to myself, this is ironic. Until death do us part, that could be now. <laughs> it was also one of the most rewarding trips we have ever taken. Um, we, <laughs> we were pretty slow on the trail because we kept going around every corner, every hill. We're like, That is incredible. God's creation is amazing. Look at those geothermals. Look at those rock formations. That view is incredible. Um, And I learned along the way, step by step, that God's plans uh, were much better than my own. God knew just what we needed. Um, I wish I had known up front exactly what we needed. I would have actually, if it had been up to me, I would have tried to make do with what we had. Um, But it would have been, it was too bulky, it wasn't what we needed for the trail. God knew, and through his provision, everything fell apart before we left. <laughs> um, and uh, we hobbled into camp uh, on our final day. Uh, Emily's knees were all taped up in her legs, uh, her feet, my knees were giving out, um, but we endured um, and, and thrived, in fact, on the trail. Um, I think the enduring lesson was summarized uh, to a week or two after we got back uh, pastor steve quoted uh, c.s lewis um, that our father refreshes us on the journey with some pleasant ends but will not encourage us to mistake them for home Um, Mm -hmm. i learned that what we carry with us is really important um, that each day we woke up on the trail in a beautiful location um, but that wasn't where we were meant to stay Um, god knew far better than my systems and plans what we needed um to go on the le- next leg of our journey um and i st- i strive each day to kind of live into that lesson to be aware of what i'm putting on my back um, and trust that god knows much better than i do what i need
2: mm, so good thank you matthew thank you Yes.
0: Um, thanks and and in addition to be very being very financially generous matthew and emily also as you know do a lot of stuff like taking over our whole sound. Like mm. it was the pandemic, we've never done video anything. And all of a sudden they were like, okay, let's figure this out. Let's get a committee together. Let's make this happen. Let's get a new board, let's get a new sound booth. Let's get a, and yeah. so uh, thank you so much for, for all so the ways good. that you give time, talent, treasure in every way. Thank you, thank you, thank um, you. Sylvia is our children's director and um, also a trained nurse um, who somehow has given up, her nursing career to make about half as much money to take care of our children. Mm. Um, And uh, she's great. Bless her. Um, Originally from Togo, she's going to tell us some of her stories. Yeah,
2: yeah, Sylvia's next. That's great.
4: Thank you, Pastor Steve. Yeah, my name is Sylvia. I have two beautiful girls. And um, I was trained to be a nurse. Worked as a nurse 14 years. And um, circumstances of life um, have brought me to a point where I needed to give more time to my family. So I let go of nursing for a season. And um, yeah, I was working a lot. And I'm sure there are some nurses among us here. I worked overtime all the time. <laughs> I just worked. I was uh, a workaholic, like uh, mm-hmm. saying yes. And I was making a lot of money, and I gave out a lot. But something was missing. I didn't find a sense of joy mm-hmm. while I was doing it. And at church, I gave once in a while. They didn't give as I ought to. So I was reading the scripture one time and I found uh, Malachi 3.10. I said, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, Mm. that there may be food in my house. And test me in this Mm. to see if I will not fill out, (laughs) pour out from the floodgates of heaven a blessing or blessings, so much so that you don't have room to contain it. It's I'm like, okay. wow, this is what I want. <laughs> this is what I want, Lord. <laughs> and I started giving intentionally to church. Mm. And um, I gave and I gave. And one time, I didn't, it didn't seem like the result was there for me. But I knew I needed to go through that obedience, I was giving, and one time I asked the Lord, oh Lord, you said I should test you in this. And I'm testing you, but I'm not seeing the result yet. What are you doing about all this testing? (laughs) (laughs) And I felt in my spirit that I needed to persevere in my giving. So God is taking my heart from a place of giving to receive to a place of uh, a generous heart. That's, no, that's what so I I've felt, that uh, a generous uh, uh, soul shall be made rich, he said. Yeah. So giving has become a lifestyle for me, mm-hmm. and as I needed to let go of nursing, I struggled a little bit. I said, Lord, I'm making all this money, and it's hard to, to join the end meet. It's hard still. I gave out, but I wasn't feeling fulfilled. So I'm like, if I let go, what am I going to do? And I felt in my spirit that everything will be fine. There will be grace for me in this season. Yeah. And to tell you the truth, I'm still giving. I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know how. I feel like I'm, I'm under open heaven. Yeah. You know, by the time I think about something, somebody will be there to ask me, Sylvia, do you need this? And I will receive it. Mm. You know, so God is faithful. Yes, amen. If you test him, he will pour out a, a blessing to you. And you will not have room enough to receive it. Some of my friends ask me all the time, Sylvia, how are you doing it? You're working just with the children and the wh- what nice? How are you surviving?" I said, "The Lord, mm-hmm. that's him. and He will show his, himself strong on your behalf. Mm. That's my story, that's and so um, I want to encourage the heart of all of us here to trust the Lord. Yes. He is a faithful God. Yes. And He yes. will pour out a blessing, and you will not have room enough for it. <laughs> yes, I feel like uh, shouting, but uh, I need to <laughs> give out the, <laughs> the microphone.
0: How much is the tithe, Sylvia? Hmm? How much is it tithe? It's
4: a tithe? I oh. give 10% of mm-hmm. what I make.
2: So good.
4: And uh, um, I give it faithfully because he said it's through perseverance mm-hmm. that the heart of Generosity will be given to me. It, do, it doesn't come easy, people of God. Mm-hmm. It's going to take obedience. Yeah. And giving is a, a way of worship too. You can give of your yes. time yeah. to God and his people. You can give of your talent. Mm-hmm. You know how to sing? Join the choir. <laughs> <laughs> or go to a nursing home and uh, sing for our elderly population find a way to give yes or you can give of any resource you have Mm -hmm. we have our friends here from teen challenge Mm -hmm. let's uh, keep in touch with them stay connected and pour into them the blessing that we are receiving every day i'm so grateful for that lesson that i learned from the lord and to tell you the truth, I'm like a fountain. I said, Lord, I'm like a fountain now. Just pour into me and I'll pour out to your people. <laughs> That's so Thank good. you.
2: It's so good. That's great. Um, I am so grateful that Steve and Jan agreed to be part of the panel. Um, they didn't ask to be on the panel, I asked them to be on the panel because I said I think it's really important that the church know where the pastor and his wife stand on these things. So uh, I'm grateful that they were going to be willing to share a generosity story. Thanks.
5: Okay. It's, it's fun to be here. It's fun to hear everyone's stories and just see the kind of the similarities and some of the stories that uh, came to mind, I think, that God's Spirit leading us. For me, um, I was thinking about tithing too and how God's used that um, to kind of challenge me in trusting him and um, just his faithfulness. And I remember like as growing up seeing my parents tithe and um, they were farmers and had a business you kind of never knew. But I remember them kind of weekly giving and then like the end of the year when they figured out taxes, they would write a bigger check. And so kind of, I didn't know what the amounts were but just kind of seeing that stuck with me so that when I got my first job, I remember um, Giving and then um, wanting to do more, so supporting, deciding this was my first time. I started to do a monthly um, support thing with my, the city staff worker that I had um, had really touched me in college. That I wanted to carry on that ministry and do what I could from afar for that, and then started sort of um, supporting missionary just by monthly. And that was just kind of a nudge that God gave me, but it's, I, to step into that as um, uh, when I was still had my loans to pay off, um, but. God provided that too, you know, kind of like when you don't have it, but you know he can do it. So um, those were some early things, and um, then we had a bigger challenge when we were leaving for um, Tanzania, and it was kind of more, a different kind of giving of, God was giving, had given us jobs, and we were making about fifty thousand at that time. I think it seemed like a lot thirty years ago, a lot to us. And we were going to go and not know. It was unknown. I think we had about fifteen thousand, maybe in pledges. But it was like we we don't know, you know. But it was God kind of saying, "Go, and um, I got you. You know, I'll I'll be there. I'll uh, just trust me." And so sometimes that He tells us those things, but until we actually let go of, of the the security or that you know that we don't really get the full. Um, sense of his faithfulness so for me that was a big step in trust and just seeing his faithfulness and I thought we're well, we going to get over there and people forget about us and we want, what are we going to do and but people kept giving and God kept providing through different ways so um, it was for me that was a chance to step out and see how he was um, how he was working and then um, Steve likes to read, you know, so he'll read different things. Or He'll say, hey, Jan, what do you think about, you know, I'm like, oh, here we go, here we go. So he'll say, what do you think about um, now from 10%, let's, let's give 15%, you know. And I think we were like in Tanzania at the time, like I have no work permit. We have no college saving, you know, for the kids. I'm like, oh, I don't know, you know. So I'm like, well, God knows. So pray about it. So that nudge from the spirit of God's faithful. And sometimes it would help me to just look back on how faithful yeah. God, it. We could just tell you story after story of amazing kind of what Sylvia was saying about um, how do we, the books don't even like add up. How, how does this stuff even happen that God has provided this and that and the next thing? So he challenged me, also gave me in, in my life some radical givers as examples. You've heard about his parents who gave when they were really poor pastors, they still gave a big, huge tithe. And in their retirement, gave like 50% of their income and lived like practically church mice. But just because they were they were happy, it was a joy thing. It wasn't, oh, what can we, it was like, hey, we, we're so excited to be part of this. You know, and so he would, he showed me people like that. Also, um, some of you met John, Pastor John Wanzalima, who was our Tanzanian pastor at, at those years. He's been here, um, dwayne has been over to see him, um, I think Mora. he, um, the way he and his wife um, generously gave and people staying with them, people going out and visiting and just helping people start businesses or help with hospital fees and just very much day-to-day life stuff that was a real um, challenge to me to see. And I think I grew up in a little more of this culture of the individualism of um, I, gotta, I gotta take care of myself. you know, I gotta figure out my finances and be responsible. And being in that context, some of you who know from um, other cultures, that it's more about we and how do we take care of each other. You need something, I'll share what, with, what, what I have now with you. When I need something, I can come and ask you and you'll help me out. And it's a beautiful way of sharing in community. And so I learned a lot from just seeing, mm-hmm. letting go of that I have to provide for myself, that no, God's got it figured out. He's gonna use us together to see his glory by the way we are faithful with each other. And I remember the uh, scripture that he he uh, told us once I don't remember the question we asked, but this wasn't in church. it was like to Steve and I, and it's here it's the one for Saturday on our, um, on our brochure. But if you can imagine a Tanzanian pastor telling, telling us this scripture, and the average income at the time in Tanzania was two dollars a day. And he was not making a whole lot himself. We, we felt like we're poor from American standards at that time, but we, we were rich in the eyes of most people in the world. This is the first Timothy passage six. Uh, 17 to 19, just imagine Pastor um, John Monslima saying this to us. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good needs deeds, to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Yeah. And that, uh, that was a challenge to me coming from him. Um, and really, um, yeah, I, want, I want life that's truly life, you know. and where, I, where my treasure is, there's where my heart is. So kind of putting that into the kingdom, putting that into mm-hmm. the church, and um, that, that was a good challenge. And just seeing that he wasn't just saying that, he was living that way. And so it called me to more. And so the last little piece of this is, um, Steve uh, was feeling and I don't know if you read something or God was just challenging him again is let's let's some um, increase 1% a year our tithe our giving and I'm like oh man here we go again uh, <laughs> kind of like God you know we're giving a lot you know and uh, I don't know that I have the gift of giving I think what God's given me is uh, faith you know and he keeps calling me to exercise that like okay um God sees the future. look at the past, look at what he's done. look at who he is he's been generous he's a good God, and so he lets maybe part of you know this, so that was kind of like a to me that was a little more of a trust exercise and a um sacrifice but um so to say, okay god we're gonna trust you for the future that you're gonna help us increase a percent of tithing each each year and then it did become really fun to see okay, where else can, we'll give this amount, you know, at church, and then where else can we be looking for needs, because we already decided we're going to give this money. It wasn't like every time something came up, like, oh, should we, should I give, it was like, we already, that's already been decided, so let's just look for those opportunities, and God will bring them our way. So that's been, um, that's been my story. I think a lot of it for me has been a release, uh, God has used giving and um, being more generous to, um, Take away the grip of money and materialism on my heart that I think we're just we swim in the world of materialism and consumerism, and I can get caught up in that and you know how can I provide for myself? Am I going to be independent enough? And um, God taking that away and just saying, you can rely on each other, we're a community together and um, the more the more I can give, it kind of takes takes out that grip that money can mm-hmm. have on me, and that's really a freeing. Uh, way way to live. It's a much more freeing way to live that I'm really grateful for.
2: That's awesome. Yay Jan, thank you.
0: I'll try to keep mine brief, but uh, I probably should tell the end of that. Story. I don't think I actually told the story that we met with Ian and Laurel and uh, we told them this place is great. It's really beautiful and but we just can't afford it. So they said, oh, well, we have a mission house. We'll look up. And so before we got back, they said, oh, we called our church and the mission house is booked. Well, we'll give it to you for $500 less a month. They're like, okay, <laughs> that sounds great. Um, but actually, God has done that with housing every time. As we, and again, yeah, so the, the thing of giving, you know, 22% this year, because it's 2022, and next year's 23%, we're, we're edging this up. God has been very generous every time we've done this. And all these, so if you plan everything out, it's not nearly the adventure. And I'm also an investor, and like the best investment Forever you how many of you have an investment that will last forever? Yeah. The only one I have is given to the kingdom of God because it's forever given to the local church because it's forever given to Jesus transforming people's lives because people are forever and so um, I, I Don't know how exciting is that and you get to see God do cool things so um, yeah. yeah. So as, we, as long as we're figuring this out I figured out okay was what have I actually I've, I've made less than $30,000 a year average since I got out of high school. And so how does God make that happen? Well, he does it with all kinds of little things like that. Well, we, we were in Tanzania, and we were moving to Mwanza, and we asked somebody at the language school, Marino uh, Catholic Language School, do they know anything about Pasiansi? We've heard of this, like it's a neighborhood, like Midway. And they, she says, oh, well, I'll call somebody. We have a, a nun who lives there, and she gave us a number, and we called this number when we got into Mwanza on the bus and uh, this guy came and picked us up and brought us to this house he was building next door to the Bible school. We didn't even know where the Bible school was, but this is next door to the Bible school that I'm going to be uh, working in. So, and then we're like, this is great, but it's too expensive. We're only making $1,500 a month with our, uh, that included our, our um, benefits. And uh, so this was $700 a month. No way. So we looked at other things, 1200 whatever. We found one, yeah, 500 just small, but this one was big. Anyway, so uh, God, God, uh, then later, he said he'd look for us, so we called him back when we got back in town a few months later, because the other place fell through and he said, uh, you know, I actually haven't been able to finish it because my money was lost in the bank, but if you would pay upfront to finish it, I could give it to you for a lower rent. I said, like $300 a month? He said, yeah. So uh, my dad actually gave us the $7,000 to, to give, and then, so we paid way advance rent and then uh, then he came back hinting, and we said, oh, we gotta find someplace else. Maybe we should build something. Do you think he'd ever sell this place? Because no, no, he wants it for his kids, whatever. Then he starts coming all the time, and he says, you know, you should buy this place. You should stay here. And, I, sh- and give me $35,000 and, and uh, more. We'd already paid 13500 And I said, uh, anyway, we prayed about it, thought about it. And just in that window, you could actually buy something as a foreigner in Tanzania. And uh, so uh, I Talked to somebody and they finally said, you know, I got to pay for $20,000. I said, we give you $20,000 more? He said, twenty-one. I said, okay. So for $35,000, we got a house. She'd just got an inheritance from her grandpa. We actually paid $35,000 cash, as in $100 bills that we wrote down all the serial numbers to make sure they weren't counterfeit. And uh, this house just was next door to the Bible school. It had five bedrooms, not five rooms like we had planned. And we had so many guests. Some of you were guests in that house. We had an office there, we had a whole guest wing. And uh, so we could enjoy the hospitality and have so many people. And then when we went to, ten, to Kenya, we were like, what do we do with the house? Well, the Maranol sisters moved in and they've been renting it ever since. And they just pay the rent to the Bible school. So our giving is like automatic, it just goes straight to the Bible school. And uh, we're planning to go back in February and I think we're just gonna give them, You know, they're already using the house anyways, we'll just give the Bible school the, the house next door. Because it's been a great blessing from God. So that kind of, I love the creative ways to invest. But I think of every house we've ever had, it's been a blessing. I think of every car we've ever had. That's why I totaled it up. $23,000 we spent on all of our cars since we got married. Not one car. If you count what we we got back, you know, we got it and paid back. $23,000, no interest. Because we never paid any interest until this mortgage. Because God has been faithful. And we're too poor to get interest. Um, So... Anyways, God has been just, anyway, I, I, I got to stop.
2: Oh, it's so good. It's fun. That's great. Give. Well, I know there's And the is One other sp- thing. Oh, yeah. We're
0: content. <laughs> we don't argue about money. We have so much fun because yeah. she's great. And God is it's, trustworthy.
2: It's back to the joy. Well, I know there's some special worship plans, so we should wrap up our panel. A huge thanks to Emily, Matthew, Jan, Steve, and Sylvia for sharing your stories. Thank you. Thank you,
0: thank you, thank you. That was fun. It's been a good day. God is a good God and he wants your life to overflow he wants you to receive everything that he has so that your life can be overflowing to other people and we don't need to grasp we can just have open hands to receive release and let it go To overflow. So, um, and each of you has a story that I'd like to hear. (laughs) Um, So, Lord, we just thank you so much for your generosity. Everything we have is from you. Lord, the fact that you have given us life, the fact that you've helped us not to take our lives the fact the health the breath that we have the grace that you've given us the forgiveness for all of our stupid mistakes your generosity in every way and thank you lord for what you've given us some of us have more some of us have less but all of us have stuff and life and health and time that you've given us and that you want to use To bless others too thank you for the opportunity we have to bless one another and to receive blessing from you and to be participate in your overflow so lord we are grateful for this day we're grateful that you are the one who transforms lives that you've transformed our lives that we get to participate in transforming other people's lives too as you do it thank you jesus for your grace and your goodness help us now as we go out to overflow so Go now in the goodness and generosity of your Father. Go in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ who has forgiven you. Go in the power of the Holy Spirit who can help you to overcome all those hang-ups and power to witness and to overflow into others' lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You can continue to worship. We can, can go. Bless you all.